Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. Receive these words from the Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salami brought spices so they could embalm him. Very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other, who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up. They saw that it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone, and they walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white. They were completely taken back, astonished. He said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's here no longer. You can see for yourselves that the place is empty. Now, on your way, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said. They got out as fast as they could, beside themselves, their heads swimming, stunned. They said nothing to anyone. The Gospel of the Lord. Overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. In the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which was, came out quite a while ago, Captain Jack Sparrow's in jail, and there's a bombardment. There's cannonballs and gunfire, and he runs to the window and says, it's the Black Pearl. And his cellmates say, oh, the Black Pearl. It's been, it's been preying on, on settlements and ships for, for 10 years never leaves any survivors. And Captain Jack, who had some experience with the Black Pearl, said, no survivors? Then where do the stories come from? (laughs) Overcome with terror and fear, terror and dread, they fled the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Would you come on an imagination with me? You're sitting in a house. There's a crowd of people, maybe this size. It's in the Mediterranean, and the house is open air. The air is warm, and the sun is just rising. You've been been listening for a while. You've been being read to. It's a reading from a brand new book, a codex, a scroll. It's a new writing. And finally, they come to the words. Overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And you look over at three old women They're old, they're wrinkled. All three walk with canes now. But they are, they don't look afraid. They are beaming 
It's Salome. It's Mary, the mother of James. It's Mary Magdalene. It's been over 40 years since they arrived that morning with spices at the tomb. And now, today, they're hearing it read from writing. You remember back to the first time you heard Mary Magdalene tell the story. You'd seen her around town, and there was something different about her, but you couldn't put your finger on it. She just stood straight. There was a clarity about her. She was smart and engaging. She was so easy to be around, and she saw everyone. No one escaped her notice. She stood up for people, especially the oppressed, and she was generous. This is an icon painting of Mary Magdalene. Icon paintings are symbolic paintings. What's she holding? An egg. A symbol of the resurrection that we still use today. Sometimes you'd seen Mary tell stories, sit around and tell stories, and you remember the first time you sat and listened to her stories. She would start with, let me tell you the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then she told the whole story. And then she came to the part where she said, when we found the tomb empty, we were overcome with fear, and we ran away, we were afraid. And then she would give a dramatic pause as everyone held their breath. And then she would say, but it didn't take long. And that fear just melted away. I couldn't believe it at first. The Jesus who I saw crucified and die was alive. She said, I couldn't believe it at first, but, but I saw him. He talked to me. I touched his arm. She would tell about how, how it slowly sank in. And then she could not hold it in. She had to tell people. She went out and told people, let me tell you about Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. You'd heard it many times. And you never got tired of hearing that story from her. And here she was, hearing it read aloud from writing. Today is special. It's Easter. The whole church had gotten together. Actually, we got together last night. We got, down, we got together at sundown, the beginning of the day. And you'd celebrated all night long. You'd read scripture, which we call the Old Testament. You'd sang hymns. You praised God. You read letters from other churches. You read letters from apostles. And today, today you are hearing a new writing, the whole gospel written down. It came from Mark's church. Mark's church isn't very far away. It's only a couple days' walk. They had written the whole thing down. It was probably a good idea. How long would it be before Mary couldn't tell the story anymore? It had been over 40 years now. 
This is what our oldest copies of the Gospel of Mark look like. But at the first reading, they were new and pristine and strong. And on this Easter, we read it the first time. They started about two hours ago. It was amazing to hear it read. Mark wrote it so well. There were suddenlies and there were immediatelies and everybody laughed together at parts and gasped together at other parts. It was a story that you knew well and it was amazing to hear it read. And the sun was just coming up as they got to the part of the empty tomb. And you look over at Salome and Mary, the mother of James and of Mary Magdalene. You can see on their face that they are remembering that moment over 40 years ago when they found the tomb empty. It made no sense at that moment. It took a while. It took a while to believe that the unbelievable was true, that Jesus was the Christ and that Jesus was the Son of God. It had taken you a while to believe, too. You heard Mary tell that story at first, and it just didn't quite make sense to you. But you were curious, and you kept coming back. After a while, that joy, that strength that you saw in Mary, you could feel it in you, too. And you went to the church, and you asked for baptism. Now, baptism was risky business. The Roman officials, man, they could be brutal to Christians. You knew people who had been executed for being Christians, who'd been fed to lions. It wasn't too long ago that Nero, you know, lit Christians on fire to, as torches. It was risky. But the truth about Jesus was too powerful. You had to become part of it. And so you started preparing for baptism. It had been months. It had been years. You'd been getting ready for this day. You're going to be baptized today. You'd heard the scriptures. You'd been apprenticed into this new way of life, this Christian way of life, a life of caring for the poor, of gathering and praying together, of celebrating the Lord's Supper. Your name had been written down in the book of the elect. We still do that today. We write our names down in the membership book. It was about to happen you were going to be baptized. You just finished hearing the whole story again, and it filled you with wonder again. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus conquered death. And you are going to be baptized and anointed. Receive communion, the body and blood of Christ present with us right here and right now. You are going to be counted as a Christian and marked with the cross of Christ forever.
Today we know about the resurrection because they told. Because Salome and Mary, the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene, they told people. Because the resurrection changed them so much that they went from terror to telling anyone who would listen. It happened to other people, too. It happened to Peter. It happened to Thomas. It happened to Lydia. It happened to Paul. It happened to Phoebe. People heard the story, and it changed their lives. And they came to Christ, and they asked for baptism and became Christian. And then they told others the story who heard about it and came to be baptized. And the church was born. After a few decades, they started writing the stories down. Today, we tell the story. Today, we will baptize and confirm and receive new members. That person you were imagining to be, being baptized a little over 40 years after the resurrection, they would have stood up and shared why they were Christian. And today we get to hear from Jessica and Mo, who will be baptized, and from Madison, who will be confirmed, why they are Christian. Jessica, do you want to start? Hello. Why be a Christian? Uh, this thing, it keeps, I, we don't know if it's recording. Okay. Why be a Christian? I believe I was born a Christian. For as long as I can remember, I have felt an absolute certainty that God exists and Jesus died for our sins. I was a child the first time I heard the Footprints poem. I was moved. I believed it to my core. In the hardest times, God carries us till we can find our feet again. I grew up with a comfort knowing God was always with me. Sometimes childhood was really hard, and in those times I would pray to God without ever seeing anyone pray outside the church or at dinner. I just knew he was listening and was there. As I became a teen, I started questioning anything that didn't sit right with me. I had a strong sense of right and wrong. I wanted to make people answer for their bad actions. I felt more pain than I had ever felt. Finally, God got through to me and made me hear. It's not my job to judge or punish them. It's my job to understand and forgive. I found so much relief in that message. As I became an adult, I felt a security knowing God is watching over all, I, all that I love and myself. I've had two accidents where I could have died. In those seconds, I felt no pain or panic. I was calm and everything was clear. I was at peace. I lived knowing it wasn't my time and I'm not afraid to go. My relationship with God grew. I studied with the Jehovah Witness. I really enjoyed questioning and understanding what they believed. I may have been a hard student. I decided to <laughs> stop our meetings when I became aware they didn't believe love is the most important message from Jesus. For as long as I can remember, I felt the Bible was being misinterpreted parts. It was a, a gut feeling, a knowing. 
God loves everyone. We are all made in his image. I gravitate to people that society doesn't always like so much, the sinners that claim their sins. I surround myself with good people. They can love whoever they want to love. They can sin however they want to sin and believe what they want to believe. I'm drawn to them because they help the weak, the hurt, the poor. They do good and show love in a world of pain. Why be a Christian? Because Christianity gives you peace. Why be a Christian? Um, I grew up Jewish, and it was it was awesome, but I didn't know any better. And so um, I had a stroke in August, and I couldn't move my right side, and I couldn't speak. And God was with me the whole time, along with my husband, Randall. And um, I, I'm getting baptized today because I want to confess my love for Jesus and... Um, that he was with me the whole time. And so that's why I'm here today to outwardly, outwardly express my love for him and, his, and my gratitude that God and him have been there through this whole ordeal. When I had my stroke, I couldn't move my right side and I couldn't talk. And that was in August of last year. So I've made remarkable strides and it's all because of God. So. Happy Easter. Um, I'm a Christian because um, God helps me when I'm sad. I'm a Christian because I see good in the bad. I'm a Christian without God, I would not be here. I'm a Christian for all the misjudged I am a Christian to say and bring them to the church. I am a Christian not to be a teacher, but so I can show how to be a listener. I am a Christian for my pets, my family, my friends, and the strangers I meet. I am a Christian to always have a shoulder to lean on so others can have the same. I am a Christian for new life and everlasting death. And having heard some amazing testimonies, please rise as we all sing Amazing Grace. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.